0: making history his story, Derek Izzy.
1: Moses, thank you for that wonderful introduction, and I hear you've got a winner of the monthly five-star review contest. Is that true?
0: Yes, boss, that is true. I have a winner right here.
1: Okay, and who might that winner be?
0: That winner might be
1: Jessica. Jessica, thank you for that five-star review, and you are this month's winner. Jessica's review is entitled, Catchy, Interesting, and Awesome. Moses, go ahead and read that for us.
0: Love to listen at work. The mystery, murder, thriller shows are right up my alley and keep me entertained throughout the work day.
1: All right, Moses, thank you very much. Jessica, thanks to you. And all the listeners out there, if you haven't had the chance, check out our Facebook page, The Derek Izzy Show on Facebook. All of our episodes can be listened to directly from the Facebook page. They all appear in the timeline, and you can also share them with your friends. So what I'm asking you to do is share it to your timeline. If each listener goes to the Derek Izzy Show page on Facebook and shares it to their timeline, we can easily reach thousands or millions more listeners than we reach already. And that is the goal, reach as many people as possible, bring The Derek Izzy Show to the rest of the world. Before I get into today's episode, we have some breaking news for you. A big update to one of our most popular shows of all time, episode 34, released October of 2016, Murdered and Missing in Oklahoma. There's been breaking news. With a shocking update to an 18-year-old cold case. Back in October of 2016, I brought you the shocking case. Two teenage girls, Lori Bible and Ashley Freeman. They were at the Freeman home in Oklahoma. All we knew at the time was that the entire Freeman family had been murdered and the trailer was set on fire. Ashley and Laura were missing. There were several, several suspects, thousands and thousands of leads all going nowhere. This latest update gives us some insight as to what happened. While it doesn't confirm exactly what happened and it does not close the case, it does bring us one huge step closer to closing the case with information that was not available at the time. At the time, there were several theories that I brought to you on my previous podcast, and I'd advise you to go back to episode 34 and listen to it if you haven't heard it before. If you haven't listened to that, go ahead and pause right now, go back, download episode 34, Murder to Missing in Oklahoma, and catch up. Go ahead, I'll wait. As a quick summary, what we do know is that December 29th, December 30th, 1999, the girls were at the Freeman home, and then around 5.30 in the morning on December 30th, 911 calls came in, the fire department rushed to the Freeman home, and the home was engulfed in flames. The bodies of the family members were discovered among the ashes. Ashley and Laura were both missing. For a short period of time, they were suspects. There were two serial killers who confessed to the crimes but later recanted. But now, after a recent discovery was made, cold case investigators and a new sheriff taking over this case, they uncovered an old crate of documents. Piecing through those documents, they were able to find evidence to actually name a suspect. As cold case investigators worked their way through this, They saw a lot of names, names that were brought up in the original investigation. The difference now, there's a big difference. Three of the main suspects, which we now know probably committed the murders, Philip Welch, David Pennington, and Ronnie Busick, those are the three suspects. Recently, Ronnie Busick, now age 66, was charged in connection with the death of the Freeman family and Lori Bible. The two other suspects, Philip Welch and David Pennington, well, Philip Welch died in 2007, and David Pennington died in 2015. Unfortunately, along with their deaths, died a lot of crucial evidence and knowledge of what happened to the girls. But on the bright side, the arrest of Ronnie Busick does bring a start to this case. Throughout the investigation, The police ran into a lot of dead ends. They were following leads, leads that led nowhere or led to people who allegedly saw something but didn't remember what they saw. Now that two of the three suspects are dead and the third one is in jail, we expect a lot more people to come forward. What we've learned recently was that the men had kept Polaroids of the girls, Polaroids of the girls tied up and held captive. We know that they were raped and eventually murdered. The three suspects had bragged about their crimes. They bragged to girlfriends. They bragged to close friends. But the bragging was followed up by death threats. Death threats that were so convincing that nobody would come forward and talk to the police about the men. Now that two of the men are dead and a third is arrested, some of the scared witnesses to these horrific events have started to come forward. They talked about the Polaroids that they saw of the girls. An ex-girlfriend of Philip Welch came forward and talked about the photo that she saw because she recognized the bed that the photo was taken of. That was the bed that she and Philip had slept on. She also recalled overhearing discussions between some of the men about where they had actually killed the girls and where they'd buried them. And what they plan to do next. At the time she was dating Philip Welch. And after they broke up, she was afraid of him. She was convinced that he would kill her if she ever gave any information up to the police. Some of the things we don't know are exactly how many days the girls were kept alive. We know that they were kept alive at least some period of time for the men to take photos and commit the horrendous crimes on the girls. And we don't know where their remains are located. There are rumors that they were dropped in a pit. Several witnesses allege that Philip Welch and some of the witnesses allege that Philip Welch had talked about burying the girls in a pit or in a mine shaft. And there were several pits and several mine shafts in that area that are now unsearchable. So even if they did know what general area the girls were buried in, that was almost 20 years ago. Water has come up through the shafts, and searching it probably wouldn't find anything to begin with. It would be a lot of wasted manpower, and we wouldn't get results unless we had a very, very specific location and place to search. The fact that the crime took place so long ago and so many changes have happened to the land their bodies probably will not ever be discovered, at least not with our current technology. What we can surmise is that the bodies are buried in Pitcher. Now, Pitcher, Oklahoma, is pretty much a ghost town. There's no buildings left. There's no landmarks. Lots of mine shafts and lots of pits. But even if you remembered a landmark, for example, they were buried in a in a pit that was behind a trailer. There's no more trailers there, so you wouldn't be able to find it. Now, Ronnie Busick still denies that he was involved in the crime, but we know he was. There have already been countless amounts of searches, and nothing's ever turned up any evidence. So we expect that future searches will probably go the same way until we hear something different from Ronnie Busick. Based on the current evidence... Here's what we believe happened. Welch, Pennington, and Busick were all meth dealers. So was Danny Freeman. Something had gone down, some type of drug deal, and Danny Freeman owed them a large sum of money. The three men came to the Freeman home to take care of business. They killed the entire Freeman family and took the girls as hostages to allegedly have some fun with them. Based on witness statements, we can surmise that the girls were raped and then strangled to death. Their bodies were allegedly thrown into a pit. Another piece to the investigation, Mr. Welch's ex-girlfriend said that he decorated the walls of his trailer with all the missing posters of the girls. She said that he kept Polaroids of the girls inside a briefcase that he would carry around with him. Those Polaroids showed the girls bound and gagged and lying on their bed. One day after Philip Welch was jailed for beating the crap out of this girlfriend, she said she threw the photos in the trunk of an abandoned car at the trailer and left. She was getting out of the relationship. When Philip Welch got out of jail, he reached out to her, demanding to know where these Polaroids were he threatened her. He told her, don't you ever tell anybody or you will end up in a pit just like those two girls. It was alleged that the men kept these Polaroids like trophies. They would show them off. The Polaroids have not been found. One of the difficulties in searching for the girls was the location of where the bodies were thrown. I mean, the difference between a mine shaft and a pit is very significant. Most of the witnesses said that they were thrown into a pit, but several of them said that they were thrown into a mine shaft. To the layman, you may have no idea what the difference is between the two, but to somebody who actually lives in that pitcher area or, or grew up there back in that time, they would have been very familiar with the difference between the two. And then to add to that, another witness who says she knew Mr. Pennington, she claimed to be at a bonfire with him back in 2011 where she overheard him and Ronnie Busick and somebody else talking about the girls being dumped in a mine shaft or a cellar that was later covered in concrete. But today we have Ronnie Busick in custody and hopefully we will find some answers. If he does give up some answers, I will definitely bring them to you as soon as I get them. This has been the update on the Derek Izzy Show. And now, on to today's podcast. But before I get into the topic of today's podcast, I hope everyone enjoyed that update. I know it's a case that has really, was really huge in Oklahoma and something that a lot of you listeners I know have been following because it's the third most downloaded episode of all time. So. It's definitely of interest to you guys, and I want to bring you as much updated information as I can. And I also want to thank you for all the interest in that episode. Something that I know you're interested in, and I'm interested in, is good food. But sometimes I don't have time to make good food. You know, I love to go out to restaurants, but that can get expensive. And if you're at home and you've got a family that you're trying to feed... You take the family out to a restaurant, you're easily looking at $70, $80 for a meal. But I've got a solution for you. Restaurant quality food that you can prepare at home. Takes anywhere between 20 and 45 minutes. You can feed a family of four on this. Blue Apron. Now what you do to get your discount from the Derek Izzy Show, you go to blueapron.com Izzy, blueapron.com slash I-Z-Z-I. And you will get $30 off your first order. So when you get your meal, check this out. Like for this week, I'll give you an example. Tokyo beef and rice bowl with soft-boiled egg and roasted broccoli. That's healthy stuff. That would be something you would get in a restaurant. Takes 35-45 minutes to prepare. They send you pictures so you can see what you're doing. You have step-by-step instructions. And then they send you all the ingredients. You don't need to do anything except follow the easy-to-read instructions. Put it together, and it basically turns anyone into a master chef. The final meal will be restaurant quality. I'm looking at some of the other the other meals that, that were set up for this week, and you can set up your meals to meet any type of food preference that you have. I know everybody's going to hate me for this, but I don't like seafood. So, when my blue apron comes, I don't have any seafood items. That's how I have it set up. Here's another one. This is, uh, this is a really good one for you gnocchi and yellow tomato sauce with zucchini and roasted red peppers. 25 to 35 minutes to prepare, 690 calories per serving. Healthy, high quality food, good for you, easy to make. And what comes out, the finished product, is restaurant quality. Because they have the step-by-step instructions that anyone can follow, you can get your kids involved in this. Average cost is less than $10 per person per meal. If you're feeding a family of four larger quantities, then it gets down to $8 or $9 per person per meal, which is a lot less than what you're spending in that restaurant. But I want to tell you a little bit more about this gnocchi here. The creamy tomato sauce for the gnocchi, tender zucchini gets plenty of classic Italian flavor from roasted red peppers, capers, oregano, and more. The sauce gets a twist from specialty yellow tomatoes, known for their mellow flavor and sunny hue. This is mouthwatering. I should probably post pictures on the website, but Check it out. Go to blueapron.com slash izzy. And whenever you order food and you sign up for that subscription service, we get a kickback here on the Derek Izzy Show. That keeps the podcast coming. And it allows us to keep bringing you quality episodes like the one I'm about to tell you about. Once again, that's blueapron.com slash izzy. blueapron.com slash izzi. You can get your fresh food delivered to you every week as long as you like. And now, the topic of today's podcast. Today's episode comes to you from North Carolina. The East Coast being the first populated area of the United States. Lots of legends and tales have come from events that have happened in there, and we've brought some of them to you already. In Frisco, North Carolina, there is a legend where evidence can still be seen to this current day of what allegedly occurred there. In the center of Briggins Bay, a small community in Frisco, North Carolina, back in the 1700s, there was a woman named Cora. Now, according to the story, she lived alone with her baby. Now, back then, you know, most of the people lived in the the downtown area, and she was kind of off on her own, an outcast of society. People thought that was very odd. A single woman with a baby, no man at all. And in the 1700s, that was something that was extremely unusual. You know, society would shame you for that. No woman should be out there living alone. And there she was, living in a small hut way outside of town, alone with her baby. Rumors started to spread about Miss Cora. Back then, there were a lot of farmers. There was a rumor that she had touched one of the cows that belonged to a farmer, and the cow could no longer give milk. One day, she went to town carrying her baby. A little boy began to mock Cora's baby. Shortly after that, the boy got very, very sick. He almost died. Being on the coast, fishing was a very big industry. Certain times of the year... Fishermen could not catch fish. But Cora, Cora always had fish. Whether or not these rumors were true, society was very paranoid back then. And I'm sure if you look back on history with an educated eye from today, there's logical explanations for everything that happened if it was true. But some parts of this story have yet to be explained by logic. The body of a dead man washed up on the beach. It is alleged that the face on the man was frozen in horror and that the numbers 666 were burned into the man's forehead. There was a set of footprints leading away from the body. Could these be those of the killer? That's what was assumed. That was enough evidence that Cora was a witch. Now, even if 666 was burned into the man's forehead and the set of small footprints leading away, that could easily have been a child. And I don't know how much the 666 was actually burned into his forehead and and how much could have been related to just regular skin discoloration from when a body dies, but it sounds like it's quite a stretch of truth. Either way, the assumption was set of small footprints... Probably a woman, 666, a woman of the devil, and Cora already has a bad reputation. From the cow going dry to the boy getting sick for mocking her baby, mob mentality starts to spread that Cora is a witch. A local captain of the ship. He was from Salem, Massachusetts. What do you remember from Salem? We mentioned it on a previous episode, The Salem Witch Trials. Perfect timing for Cora. This ship captain targeted Cora, and wanted to put her through the witch tests. One of the tests he tried was cutting her hair, but he was unable to cut it, saying that her hair was tougher than rope. They threw her into the water. That was one of the witch tests. If you sank, you were not a witch. If you floated, then you were. Of course, using logic, if you don't float, you're not going to be able to breathe, and you'll drown underwater. So of course you float, and if you float, you're a witch. With this ship captain convinced that Cora was a witch, mob mentality started to spread, the townsfolk gathered together, and the lynching commenced. According to the legend, they tied her up to an oak tree. They put kindling at her feet, preparing her to be burned at the tree a storm began to brew. Legend says that her baby suddenly turned into a cat and ran off. As the storm brewed, lightning struck the tree. A big explosion. A flash of light. Everyone was blinded. After the explosion, when the smoke cleared, the oak tree was split in two. Burned into the oak tree was the name Cora. To this day, you can make a trip to this small community in Frisco, North Carolina. You can see that oak tree. And you can see the letters C-O-R-A for the alleged witch named Cora lives on. Because now you know the rest of the story. Thank you for listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Reminder, please share the show with your friends. Share the show with your family. Share the show with anyone you think might enjoy it. Go to the Facebook page, The Derek Izzy Show, and share it. Write a five-star review on iTunes. You can get your review read by Moses. Moses loves doing that. He really needs to contribute more to the show, and that gives him a chance to do that. So make him happy. Write a five-star review. And if you're chosen, you will have your review read on the show live by Moses. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, blueapron.com slash izzy. Get your $30 off your first order and get delicious food with the ingredients and directions delivered to you every week. All you have to do is get your family and friends and put it together following the easy-to-read instructions. This has been the Derek Izzy Show. Good day.